That song had a lot of verses to it, didn't it? <laughs> you're standing back there with the preaching fire in your bones, and you're just ready to go. It's like... <laughs> Especially when I was standing back there thinking about and where, where do we even begin over this past few weeks? First off, big time, big time, big time thanks to Cynthia for not only preaching a few weeks ago, but then... Uh, and I've, like I wrote in the worship preview, I've only done this one other time in 27 years where I called the youth minister and said, guess what, <laughs> on Saturday. So I call her Saturday morning from Boston and I'm just like, I'm not going to be home tomorrow. And so I'm sitting there in Boston Common and we are brainstorming for quite a while over what to do, but on that Sunday especially for Cynthia and Leah pulling things together. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, and then for everyone who participated, Kristen, um, and to Alan, and of course my Cole participated, and for Leah and Sam, and just everything that went with that particular Sunday was fantastic. I've enjoyed listening to it online. So again, thanks, and for Anna leading singing that Sunday. And then for Lindsay last Sunday, um, so, again, just big, big, big time thank you. Um, I'm going to give y'all my round of applause because I very much appreciate it. Let's pray together. God, for the ways that you welcome us each and every day, ways that we encounter through one another, things that happen in our lives that we don't even begin to understand that are your presence with us. We just we thank you for welcoming us and for the ways that you draw us nearer to you and for continually welcoming us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So one of the favorite things that I like about just day-to-day being in this building are the conversations that I overhear in our preschool between parents and children. And this hallway right out here, um, just imagine in the morning moms and dads and children coming up and down this hallway. And you hear all kinds of things. One of my favorite things I've ever heard was a few weeks ago during the summer session as a mom and a little boy walking down this hallway, I pass them going the other way, and right as I pass them, I hear, your shoes are on the wrong feet again. (laughs) Again, being the operative word, this is not the first time this has ever happened to this kid. And it got me to thinking about Romans 14. There's a difference between truth and the application of truth. The truth in that little situation was you have a shoe that goes on the left foot and you have a shoe that goes on the right foot. This little boy's particular application of truth that day, though, was a little bit different. But there's no denying that 
the left shoes made for the left foot, right shoes made for the right foot. What you do with it doesn't always particularly follow those truths. Case in point, little boy in the hallway a few weeks ago. So go back a little bit more in time, and there is this man who comes down off the side of the mountain and starts talking to the people of God. And as this man comes down the mountain and starts talking to the people of God, he lists out ten things that are supposed to define their lives from this point forward. One of those ten things that coming down the mountain to the people was said went something along the lines of remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's one of the ten commandments, right? Exodus 20, one of the first places that it shows up in Scripture, that's just a truth, and it's right there in front of them. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. But then one time, Jesus and his disciples, as recorded in Mark 2, are walking through grain fields on the Sabbath. And you know what they did? Technically speaking, they started working. Because according to what had happened between remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and Jesus and his people walking through the grain fields, picking grain on the Sabbath was considered work. And so here is Jesus, the incarnation of the one true and living God, bear with me on this, breaking the law. The giver of the law, breaking the law, and it really got on some people's nerves, particularly the people who said, here's how you follow the law. Not just the truth, but even in the application of truth, here's how you do it. And they get into this big argument uh, over, well, how are we going to deal with this? And then they deal with it. And They didn't like Jesus picking grain on the Sabbath. Do you remember what Jesus said in response to their complaints? The Sabbath. What did he say? It's made for us. We are not made for the Sabbath. And then... That launched basically what's been a 2,000-year conversation on, well, how do we live this? What do we do with this day to day? Now, that's one example of many that brings us to Romans 14. So hear the word of the Lord. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, 
And those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. It doesn't take a genius to deduce that one of the things that seems to be going on in Rome is that they're arguing a lot over their food. And so Paul starts this conversation by saying, y'all are arguing and fighting, quarreling over opinions. And this should not be. So then, something a little bigger comes up. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it to honor the Lord. Also, those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves. and We do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall praise God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us, therefore, no longer pass judgment on one another, Resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. So some time has passed since this particular letter reached the Roman church. And we're at a different place. We live in Houston, Texas in the 2000s, not Rome in the early first century. So what does this have to do with us? What are we supposed to do in reading a passage like this and say, well, What does this have to do with our little community of faith and how we live day to day? Well, you read through Romans 14, 1 through 13, and a lot of things stand out, but a few things in particular. The big one, the leading one, essentially goes like this, kind of point number one. Welcome everyone. Welcome the weak. Which, you know how the weak are defined in Romans 14? People who quarrel over opinions. So it is our 
responsibility as the community of Jesus Christ to welcome the weak and to welcome the strong, which I guess he doesn't define the strong, but I'm assuming that the converse of that is true, that the strong are those who don't quarrel over opinions, but I don't know, maybe there's more to it than that. But this is about welcoming everyone. And it's not to quarrel over opinions. It's just about welcoming. And this is more, this is where it gets really important. This is about more than just welcoming people into this room on a Sunday morning. This is about welcoming people into a community of faith that has purpose and mission. We're here for a reason. And that reason dynamically, not just on Sunday mornings, but in everything that we do, is another place in Romans, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Not just in this moment, but in everything we do. And if we stopped right there, that would keep us plenty busy for the next week. But there's more. So point number two, carefully consider the other. This is a key point in Romans 14. Carefully consider the other. You know who the other is? Everybody who's not me. That's pretty much what it comes down to if you want to just get as simple as possible. Anybody else, they are the other. So consider the other. Simple as that. Third point, if someone does something in order to thank God, let them give thanks. Now, this does not include someone who gives thanks to God while they are doing harm to another. So let me make that point very clear. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is if uh, you're in this particular community of faith, for example, chances are probably pretty good that in this room, this morning, at this moment, that you may have grown up in a different religious tradition, in a different Christian tradition than the person sitting next to you. Especially at a place like Bering. That's pretty reasonable. So, Reese, my daughter, calls me yesterday morning. And she is looking for a place to go to church this morning, and she doesn't know where to begin. You know, she wants to try a bunch of different places. She's an adventurer. I want to go try a bunch of different places. So she says, uh, there's an Episcopal church near me. What do you think about going and visit? I'm like, yeah, go visit them. And she sends me their schedule for this morning. And she's like, I don't know which one of these I'm supposed to go to. So what do you mean? Like, I don't know how to read this. I said, well, send me a screenshot of it. And she says, am I supposed to go to the one called Holy Eucharist? And I said, yeah, probably. Just send me a screenshot of the deal. And it says, you know, something like 8 o'clock, Holy Eucharist, 9.15, Christian education for all ages, 10.45, Holy Eucharist. And I said, all right, darling. Let me translate into language that you understand. Worship, class, worship. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Well, which one of the two Holy Eucharists do I pick? I was like, I don't know. Just pick one. You know, they're both probably going to be exactly the same, but just pick one and go to it. They're going to do things in order to thank God that probably look a little bit different than we may be used to on a day-to-day basis. But if they're doing it to thank God, let them give thanks to God. This is a big point in Romans 14. And I'm going to thank God right now that I can tell that story during a Sunday morning sermon without being stoned with hymnals. So (laughs) thank you for not stoning me with hymnals. Um, those of you who don't know why I just gave that little thanksgiving, good. It's, it's better that you not know. And then finally, and this is, I think, what Romans 14 is really about. Keep your eye out for those who are about to give up on Jesus altogether. That's ultimately what's going on in Romans 14 and 15. It's not about quarreling over opinions. This is not about whether you call the table communion and I call it the table of the Lord and the person next to you calls it the Eucharist. This is about those who are about to completely walk away from Jesus. Keep your eyes open for them. Because apparently some of that was going on in the Roman church, in the church that received later on this letter that we call the book of Hebrews. Apparently some of that was going on. And so they said one of your missions in the life of the church is to watch out for those who are about to completely and utterly give up and walk away from Jesus. Keep an eye out for them. And then, guess what happened a few hundred years after this? See, a lot of people over that few hundred year period walked away from Jesus altogether. Some of it because their lives were at stake. They didn't feel like getting killed. And so they walked away. Well, when Constantine and his group completely legalized Christianity, guess what happened? Some of the people who had walked away, decided, okay, it's safe again. Now I'm going to come back. And you know what the church had on their hands? Yet another controversy. What do we, they even had a name for the people. You know what they called them? That you love Latin. They called them the trottatores. Do I need to translate what that word means? Yeah, they call it basically the traitors. Guess what passage some of the early legal preachers started preaching from in how to deal with the Trattatores. They cracked open Romans 14 and 15, and they said this is ultimately about welcoming all who want to come to Christ, period. And you know how that went over? Not too well.
But then some years started to pass, and it started going over a little bit better and a little bit better until we get to today. If we as a church are to take the hospitality of Jesus Christ out into the world, call it portable hospitality, if we are to take that hospitality out into the world, there is no better place for us to begin than with whatever is true and then go from there. What we take out from this place is whatever is true. Jesus is Lord. We take that out into the world and we live. This table is a place that we gather every Sunday and sometimes we use the language when we gather around this table of unity, constancy, and peace. And so this whole summer, we've been coming to the table with those three words sort of hovering over us gathering around the table of the Lord. Unity, constancy, and peace. And it just so happens that for the month of August, peace has kind of been where we've camped out for a little while. We come to this table as a place of peace, and then we take the table out into the world from the peace of Christ. And that should keep us busy over the next week. We've come into this place this morning. We've gathered around the table. We've proclaimed the word of the Lord. We've looked at one another in the eyes. We've embraced one another with the peace of Christ. And it has been so good to be together. Now we have to go back out into our day-to-day lives. And so now it is time to take the peace of Christ out into the world. And that will definitely keep us busy this week. Amen.